Welcome to the Mythic Life Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Brummett, and today I'm joined by a wonderful friend of mine, Maya Badran. And today, you know, we're going to be getting into exploring this sense of intuition and how we really listen to and follow our path and navigate that journey of what really is fulfilling and brings vibrant health and awakening to a life of purpose, love, and vibrancy. So I'm so excited to get into this today with you, Maya. I've always really loved you and Tony and have known you for so many years. And so thank you for coming and doing this with me today. Thank you, Eric. It's really a pleasure and I'm really ready to have lots of fun today with you. Yeah. Wow. It's been a number of years since I got to see you in person. You know, I think the last time I saw you was actually before Vienna moved to Montana when it was in Idaho. Yeah, I think so. I think so. At IHOP or something similar. <laughs> there was there was there was some uh, pancakes involved. <laughs> I remember yes, that. <laughs> I do remember the pancakes. Actually, I think that's when um there was a an intuitive message that came through to somebody of a bit of a warning or Yes. Or I, re- I remember that very clearly. Yeah. She did get hit by that car, but luckily it didn't hurt too much (laughs) that's the beauty of intuitive messages uh, to guide us and alert us and alarm us and you know the universe is watching over us all the time if we just listen yeah absolutely so you're living in dubai for the past 20 years true you are lebanese you were born in lebanon yes yes and I just have your your bio here, Uh, a former advertising producer turned theta healer, coach, and raw vegan chef, doing your best to support people in their wellness journey. And your latest focus for the last two years has been to maintain a healthy level of intimacy and relationships and really supporting people in their relationships. You know, that's, that's such a huge jump from advertising producer, marketing producer to a Theta Healer, you know, just for our our listeners, I'd really love to hear, you know, what this journey has been for you. What, tell us your story. So actually I was born and raised in Lebanon, but during the war and I got 20 years ago, a wonderful opportunity to move to Dubai, a safer environment. Of course, nothing is like home. But it's a beautiful place that I also call home now. And um, in 2008, I invested everything I had in property because property was booming in Dubai. Dubai is always booming. (laughs) So I was like, let me ride this wave. A part of life I didn't know much of, but I just, you know, jumped into. And uh, the 2008 global financial crash happened after three months. So all my investments, went down the drain with debts to the bank and I lost my job as a producer. And just like so many people around the world who who lost a lot of things during that time. And that's how I actually noticed Theta Healing. I believe Theta Healing has been calling me for many years, but I wasn't at all focused or attentive. And I noticed that there's something called Theta Healing and some friends told me it'll help you. I was very concerned about the financial situation in my life and I didn't know how to get out. Actually, I had $1 million in debt with no job. 
and uh, I pursued it just like they advised me. You know, I didn't know much about it. And uh, I started to understand that everything is created by us, including the bad times and the good times. And I started to step by step, belief by belief, <laughs> rewiring my subconscious mind to find opportunities or ways or jobs or avenues of income to help me pay the debt and recreate my life. And uh, of course, paying the money back or, you know, settling the debt was one little door. Yeah. But the bigger door is what I was going to do with it and how many people I was going to reach and, you know, help them change their life the way that the tool helped me change my life. Yeah. Isn't it amazing how life directs us in that way? It's like, what I hear you sharing is how so often we're pursuing creating a life, but it's always creating outside, right? It's like, yeah. oh, I'm going to create this career. I, I need to make this amount of money. I need to be in this industry. And it's like trying to create outside to create something for us inside. If it is the feeling of safety or the feeling of well-being or, okay, now I can feel happy, right? And yeah, going through that, Obviously, it was in a moment of financial crises, not just for you, but this big collapse. I remember that my, my practice collapsed right then as well. Everybody got really stressed. And what do you feel that really taught you about like in becoming a coach of the importance of priorities with health versus external manifestations? I think if we if we just take a little step back the external manifestations were were important for me because I was born and raised in the war where we had very little where lack was the dominant energy deprivation lack lack of safety lack of food lack of electricity so for me to be able to manifest outside of me as we say was a huge huge accomplishment for me given my background but of course, you cannot maintain what you uh, manifest outside of you unless you really start healing the inside and you start to find everything inside of you. Safety should be within, happiness within, you know, abundance is within. And that's how you can maintain the outside. And that's why I could not maintain what I had achieved in the first few years in Dubai because I was just creating outside of me because that's what I thought life was. You know, I, I was not educated on life or belief system or nothing. I was just, you know, happy I'm alive. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. And just going through life a day at a time. But definitely this, this big transformation in my life made me realize the importance of the inside of us, our mind, our heart, our soul, and how if we just refocus or go inwards to heal to heal or to give attention even, even if not to heal, just to give attention to look inward and realize who we are and the magnificence of our soul, this is where fulfillment starts and this is where change starts. And and what my, maybe mission is a big word, but I will use it. My mission is to be able to help whomever is ready to look inward, to listen to their body even. This is looking inwards to see what your body needs as food, as nutrients, because we don't listen to our body to listen to our emotions, to what our soul is guiding us and directing us. So this is what fulfills me the most so far. So I've been practicing now Theta Healing since 
2010, and so 13 years. And a lot of people tell me, don't you want to learn something new? And I do. I learn all the time. I'm a certified health coach. Uh, I'm a raw vegan chef. But in terms of uh, my spiritual path so far, this technique or this tool has been the most fulfilling and uh, yeah, all encompassing in, in a way for me at least. And I love sharing it. I love seeing the excitement in people when they realize that everything is within. And through this journey, you have added these layers of the raw vegan chef, the nutrition, the movement and yoga. And I love that it's not like, oh, I'm going to dabble in this and then put it on the shelf and move to this. It's actually like building into these other places. And, you know, when you share about a tuning in and listening, I think that's so important for people to really understand is everybody is intuitive and everybody is has natural gifts, but it does take that exercise of listening. Uh, for you, what can you elaborate on what listening is? I think I was forced to listen. <laughs> I don't believe I was a good listener, but I was forced when when everything collapsed and when I was praying very hard, I actually wrote a petition to God. There was a night I wrote a petition, you know, rebelling against what happened to me, that I don't deserve it and this and that. And I was waiting for answers. And the answer came by someone saying there's something called theta healing. So I believe listening means not having prejudgment of what the answer should be or where it comes from. Because sometimes we're expecting it to come in a certain way or form or format that we're used to. But listening means really being open to every sign, every way, every sense. You you use all your senses, including your intuition, to be able to receive a, a certain message or a certain direction or a certain, uh, you know, intuitive message, wh- whatever it is. So, and uh, in 2008, because of that huge shock that happened to me financially because it was really overnight shock. Uh, I developed a pre-diabetic condition, uh, insulin resistance, and I was so afraid to go into full-fledged diabetes. So my body was also screaming. I had to listen. I had to change my food, my mind, everything, because I wanted to make sure I don't go in a to spiral. I already felt I reached rock bottom, and I was like, health is all I've got. And I better start listening, you know, to to put myself back together financially, emotionally, spiritually, in every way. Wow, I really resonate with that. You know, it was actually becoming a diabetic that led me into theta healing. And, oh, wow. You know, my family went through on this journey of like really creating this beautiful life. And then my father ended up with cancer and dying of cancer and my teens. And so I remember growing up, my mom would always say, you know, doesn't matter what you create, as long as you have your health, you know, like health is such a thing. And that was always like a statement I carried into my practice and would always focus on health with my clients. Like there's so many coaches and healers and practitioners that work so differently, like focused on different areas of life and, you know, mindset and emotions. And mine was always on physical health at first, you know, for you going on this journey with like theta healing and with these other modalities, what's brought you to this place of looking at these 
dynamics of relationships working with healthy intimacy? So the thing is that, of course, for those who don't know much about data healing and data healing, uh, there's also one-on-one consultancy with clients. So like private sessions. And I used to consult daily clients for all these years. And I noticed that the subject that comes up, regardless if they're coming to me to find a job or for a health reason or whatever, the subject of the lack of intimacy in their life and their relation or their marriage was always coming up. And it made me start to think that there's a problem here. I mean, it's a, such a common problem with, with clients. And of course, uh, I dealt with it to the best of my knowledge in the beginning years of my practice, because I was also learning about myself, uh, my marriage back then, relationships and so on. And um, I was brought up in a beautiful country, but because of the war, no one was really focused on love or relationship. That wasn't a priority in anyone's home. Survival was the only priority. But Mm -hmm. I was always really, really interested in love. I believed in it. I believe in soulmates. I had that (laughs) fairy tale, dreamy idea in my head that real love truly exists, even if I didn't see it, didn't touch it, didn't observe it. And so through my practice with clients and seeing that the subject was always coming up, I started to give it a little bit more attention and start to reflect on myself and my life to see how I can improve that in myself. Because I don't think we can really help people much unless we have also realized it ourselves. Maybe we didn't perfect it yet, but there should be some level of realization or knowingness for the topic. And I started to put more focus on that, not only on relationship, but even how people break up because people fight in their relationship and then they fight when they break up. (laughs) So they don't really find peace, neither in nor out. And, And I would really love to help people to find the peace and the positive communication and all levels of intimacy in their marriage, but also to be able to find it if they chose to separate or divorce or you know, go their separate ways because we cannot really neither create a relationship with hate and and resentment and grudge, nor even end it because it never ends if you're carrying those emotions. You will drag those emotions with you for many, many, many years, even if you don't see the person anymore. So this is what sparked the whole interest. And of course, because I live in, in, in the UAE and in the Arab world, sexual intimacy, because intimacy is not only sexual, there are so many uh, different types of it. But specifically, physical and sexual intimacy is a huge taboo. And there's a lot of shame associated with it. But also, the world is changing and people want to heal. So I was like, I'm going to do it. (laughs) You know, I have the courage to do it. I have the, the dedication. I have it within me to be able to help people. And um, I said, you know what, I'm going to start to talk about it in a way that we can discuss it here in our region, but to help people, you know, have healthy relationships. Yeah, I was working with a, a client the other day, we were doing a session and she was sharing, when you break down the word intimacy, it's into me and see, you know, it's really about proximity. It's how close you are and what level of closeness, you know. And that can really just shed away all of those protective layers and can feel so raw and vulnerable. There can be so many fears around that to like, let somebody into your heart, let them into your life, let you have a life with them. 
you know, there's so many different dynamics to that one. It's, it's so important to bring in that element of love. And, and that sounds like such beautiful work. It is. And especially because, uh, as you said, Eric, vulnerability is a big part of it. You cannot, you cannot have intimate relations with anybody unless you are really ready to be vulnerable. And vulnerability is frowned upon. It looks like, you know, uh, being attacked or naked or, you know, exposed and all of these things, but it's not. Vulnerability is being able to decide to show up or open up or say, I love you or say, I apologize or forgive me without even knowing what the outcome can be. Can be positive or not. You should not be linked to your expectations of the outcome. You just do it for the sake of doing it. And it's very liberating. I, I love, I'm every day more and more vulnerable, proudly. <laughs> the journey of, of softening and tenderizing, you know, just opening yeah. up. Especially for men. Yeah. And having that emotional vulnerability, like being able to express that. And that's a huge one for men to be able to actually work through and cultivate that you know, emotional awareness and being able to feel safe and expressing it. So often guarded comes across as angry, but it's just a guarded aggression and actually isn't an emotion. It's, it's interesting that way of what happens beneath it when you actually get to the, the root emotion of it. Um, Sarah and I do a lot of work um, and learned through actually her, her mother and, and friend, um, it's called the way of counsel and how important communication is to create that intimacy. And um, in Theta, it's not really like couples dynamics. It's like you're working one-on-one or you're working personally yeah. on yourself. And to bring this layer in, to be able to actually work more with people in couples is such a, a wonderful expansion of, of work. So this is something you've been doing for a few years. And on top of that, you know, teaching the Theta classes. And I'm really curious because I, I've never been to Dubai. I Well, I was there for a few hours in the airport. <laughs> How many years that ago? That doesn't really count. That was on a layover on my way to Uganda. I was flying that way. Okay. On. Ah oh, yes, yes, I remember. I remember that. Texting, I was like, ah, I'd love to get lunch, <laughs> but it didn't work. I do remember. But I did teach in Morocco, and like, I'm really curious with like what the health culture is in Dubai. Um, how do you find people embrace, you know, alternative meditation, spiritual techniques, and like? Tell me, what is it like to work with um, the culture there? So, first of all, Dubai as a as a land, let's call it, it is such a beautiful, empowering place to dream as big as you want because that's their motto. Their motto, not only Dubai, the UAE in general, but I live in Dubai and I know the dynamics here more than in the other Emirates. But uh, so it's. Their motto is nothing is impossible at all. So if you can dream it, if you can think of it, you can achieve it. And because that's the group consciousness here, it allows you to dream very big and 
to not to be limited by anything that maybe your belief system even says it's impossible. So this is as a as the base, if you want, where where we live. <laughs> and then because they are about becoming the best, the biggest, the tallest, the strongest, you know, like they love this, the safest. They are always eager to be the best in every possible way. And spirituality and uh, alternative healing, you know, well-being has been a huge, huge things here for the, for the last years. Uh, they do even uh, sports challenges. The whole country does it. They do apps that you can uh, uh, be part of. So they really, really do things on big scale and they do their best to bring the population with them. So it's not about one person or one leader. It's about the community. Because remember, uh, uh, Eric, this land, uh, it started with Bedouins and Bedouins are all about the community, the, the good of everybody. So it wasn't, it's not an individual thinking. And yeah. it's still like this, although it's super advanced, but the, we are blessed, I believe, that they have kept that Bedouin mentality where they care about everybody. And, and we are a majority, expats are a majority here. We have more than 200 uh, nationalities. We have all religions. Everybody is here and everybody works in harmony. It's like they prove that everybody can coexist in harmony. Wow. And that's why we're so attached. <laughs> Anytime I think of where can I live? And I was like, why? <laughs> why I want to live anywhere else? <laughs> so it really supports, uh, supports as long as you are respectful, not disrespecting someone's culture or belief system or anything nobody will tell you anything they they want it to grow they want people to heal they want people to make money they want it to be the happiest place and how can they make it the happiest place if they don't allow you for self-development so they encourage everything i'm really blessed honestly i uh, i always think that i'm very blessed to have found a safe place but also a place that helps me grow because I, I need to grow. I, I have that, <laughs> that continuous energy that always needs to expand and push the limit. And what better place to be in than here? Well, that's beautiful. I started my practice in New York and it, the culture in New York has, has many layers to it. Yet the bedrock of New York is very um, business-minded and individual minded rather than that sense of community. And so that sounds so beautiful. I'd, I'd love to come and experience that. Yeah. You would actually really enjoy it here. Not in summer. <laughs> <laughs> Not in summer. Our summers are really hot and humid. And humid. Ooh, that's hard. That is a hard one. Yeah. But uh, you know, first year it's hard, but then when you realize you have everything else that you want, you go like, I can not focus on the humidity and heat for a few months. Yeah, it is quite the vortex I hear of just um, this oasis. And, you know, being intuitive, like we do go on these journeys of, of where we are on the planet for a reason. And, and um, so there must be a really beautiful reason of that journey for you from going through that experience of growing up in survival mode in Lebanon to, you know, coming to Dubai and bringing that work forward and uh, finding that balance between 
you know, creating and then also supporting the sense of well-being. And what inspired you to go into nutrition and raw food? Actually, something funny. So I I started like, uh, I did like a little, I think, 30-day detox, which was a vegan detox for the first time in my life. I did it together with Tony back then. And I remember one day I woke up with a thought very, uh, very loud in my head. I call it an intuition or a message from the universe that uh, something about exploring raw food. I didn't know what raw food was even. I didn't know it existed. So I went to Tony and I was like, I got a message to uh, eat raw food. And he was like, okay, what is it? <laughs> and I was like, I have no idea. I made for him a green smoothie. And I made myself a green smoothie until we researched what it was. And it is, it is a world of food that is not cooked above a certain temperature to keep the enzymes and all the vitality of the food in it. That's the whole purpose of it. Yeah. And it doesn't have any animal, animal products. So everything is, you know, sprouted uh, seeds and grains and fruits, vegetables, nuts, and so on. And I loved it because it had, I am a very free person. I love my freedom. I, I respect people's freedom. And uh, raw food gave me that freedom to express myself. It's not like regular cooking because when you cook regular food, it has not only the recipe, it has guidelines that are strict. If you don't do them that way, things will be undercooked, overcooked. You know what I mean? You cannot, I mean, be very flexible with things. But with raw food, there's so much flexibility and there's so much creativity that it was like art for me. It was, it was more art than cooking. And um, we actually created um, a website teaching people how to create raw food. It's called For Humankind, just to, you know, share this knowledge. And um, yeah, I, I don't eat raw only. I mean, because raw honestly takes a lot of time to prepare. So, but I integrate a lot of raw food into my daily food, uh, but it, I'm not just pure uh, raw foodie. Uh, yeah. But I encourage people to feel it because there's so much light in the food you eat that's not dead, that even your connection, your clarity, your intuition, you really feel connected to all that is. Like seriously, very nice feeling. Um, yeah, but uh, I remember the, the, the time when I broke, because I did seven months of pure raw vegan food. And then I had to travel to Idaho, I believe, for some classes. And the moment I went on the plane, I was like, okay, let's eat plain food. <laughs> and then landed in Idaho and then started to eat, you know, whatever was available there. So, uh, yeah, but I, I honestly encourage people and you will start listening better to your body. I think that was, that was the phase in my life where I started to really see what works for my body, what creates bloating, what my body reacts to, what I have. Uh, sensitivity to you know without tests just by feeling my body and how it's reacting to different food that's one of the listening practices you know i i've been really getting into food and growing my own food i have a big garden and um i've uh started getting into like food preserving and canning and jarring and and um i was like Oh my gosh, this is all just pasteurized. There's like nothing living in it anymore. It's a beautiful process, but like I started to really get into fermenting. Yes, that's part of raw food. Do fermentations. And that process is almost like cooking, but keeps it alive. You know, it does actually go through this process of 
pre-digestion. And um, yet there's always this like layer of fear of, oh no, what about mold? Oh no, what about botulism? And like all these really scary elements, of course. And yet like we're always as humans running into this survival fear with food of like microbes and yet what I've always found from people that did practice that element of raw food and having this living life force in them is that there's this microbiome of vitality that is like, it supports so much emotional strength. Yeah. Because our microbiome is responsible for our happy hormones, serotonin, and our immunity, like to a very high degree, 80, 90%. So if your microbiome is happy because of all these fermented food that you're eating and the good bacteria that you are feeding yourself, and not only the good bacteria that you're feeding yourself, the food for the bacteria, the, the prebiotic, not the probiotic. So yeah. when you're feeding the good bacteria, your immunity is good, your mental health is good, you sleep better, you digest faster. So it really feels great. And it clears up that congestion of thoughts that really helps attune to the intuition. 100%. I always really recommend, and I say, if you can even go for a juicing retreat, anything that really cleanses your body. But I'm not pro like uh, starvation. <laughs> I mean, you know, the extreme fasting. I, I, I'm not saying it doesn't work. I'm sure it has its great benefits, but it doesn't work for me. So I know what works for me. I can do like, I once went to Jason Vale's seven-day juicing retreat in Turkey. Absolutely amazing uh, experience. Also, you, you cleanse, you detox your mind. Uh, but raw food is, is even easier because I'm eating. And I'm getting the same results. It's amazing when we do cleanses. I was working with um, a colonicist who said, every cleanse is only a potential cleanse. And his take on it was about elimination, of course. And what I've learned in Theta is that we are bonded with our toxins. And those toxins in our body are bonded to memory that anchor into belief. So this element with theta of working through the beliefs and the traumas of our past, you know, those soul wounds uh, that hold identity that's limiting is such a huge key to actually eliminating the toxins. And I think that was one of the most genius things that Viana channeled in was that relationship of emotions and beliefs to microbes and toxins. And um, yeah, you know, do you find that you kind of blend the work that way of? Oh, of course. Of course, of course. Because like if we're talking about, you know, letting go of the toxins in the body, people will hold on to their toxins just like they hold on to their toxic belief system. And they are, as you said, completely intertwined. So I don't think people let go of even toxic habits in their life unless we can really change their trauma. And this is why whenever people heal, I mean, psychologically, subconsciously, they change their diet a lot of time. They change habits. Sometimes they stop smoking or they all of a sudden have energy to to do a new healthy habit in their life. And I noticed from myself, when I'm going through a lot of triggers in my life, like emotional triggers and a lot of maybe wounds are resurfacing for me to heal, 
I don't follow a lot my healthy habits. I start procrastinating gym. And gym is just one floor up. Like I don't even have to drive there. So I start to justify why I need to eat junk and not do gym and so on and so forth and drink soda. And But that's because I need to let go of the reason behind this habit or the reason why I'm holding on to the bad bacteria or why I attracted this harmful virus and so on. So, uh, yeah, as you said, the, her channeling, really everything, everything she channeled is so beautiful. And you'll see with the new classes that also came out, really cool information. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, what I heard you really share there was that even in those behaviors of, say, procrastination and like craving and wanting to like not eat certain ways is also its own intuitive message. It's, it's something speaking to wanting to heal. And I think that's something so important for everybody listening is there's a message in everything, you know, that we are constantly in communication with the universe around us, with what is happening inside our body. And I think that's something that is so beautiful that you're bringing in today is really the art of listening and realizing that we're in dialogue, you know, that can be through something outside of us that can be through a thought that we're having, you know, that can be through so many different channels. Do you find for yourself that you have any specific practices to kind of hone those messages? I think it became more of a habit with time that I listen I listen to my body. I am I am sensitive all in all for food, for smells. <laughs> like I like smudging just a little bit because immediately I can feel that the fumes and everything are reacting in my body. So I think my sensitivity has helped me realize the things that are toxic around me and the things that are healthy as habits or as even, uh, yeah, like as habits. So that's my reference is because I have a sensitive body and I react immediately to things. Um, but I am bringing awareness about it. You know, I'm, I'm informing people. I talk a lot about uh, heavy metal poisoning because I have been through uh, funny. I call it funny. <laughs> it was not funny. I went through a very traumatic accident where I, uh, instead of using my nasal spray, it was dark. And I had a very congested nose. I actually put super glue. It was on the table. I didn't know it was super glue. So I squeezed super glue. It doesn't actually block because you have mucus. But the glue itself is full of toxins. Yeah. Uh, formaldehyde, uh, arsenic, you know, like, like really toxic material that shouldn't at all be ingested. And um, I went through from being completely happy, joyful, optimistic person overnight or maybe it took me two days to full-fledged uh, anxiety panic attack depression and paranoia like full-fledged and it took me several years to clean my body so uh, I bring a lot of awareness about heavy metals in fish and you know from pesticide herbicide and I tell people I'm not telling you live in a bubble or don't use deodorants or the things that have all the extra heavy metals that we don't really need so I, I use a lot of clean material, clean shampoos as much as possible. But I also, I'm always on a 
continuous protocol of heavy metal detox. I take chlorella, I take bentonite clay, um, I take pectin, pectasol. So I'm always cleaning my system from the trauma of the of whatever my body took in. And yeah. I have even an infrared sauna at home that I sit in to clean also the toxins. But that experience, of course, was very dramatic because usually people, if they eat fish, they don't have an anxiety attack. But because of the metals that were in my body, even a small piece of tuna would trigger the attack. Uh, incense would trigger it. You know, anything that is toxic, perfume. So, um, of course, I've cleansed my body, but I still listen. And I tell people that you are just piling up toxins in your body from makeup, from hair dye, from everything, and you're not noticing. Children also, shampoo, everything. And yeah. we need to have a protocol to cleanse. Don't live in a bubble, just at least cleanse. So in every class almost, <laughs> I bring awareness to that because I believe, and that's, that's my humble opinion, a lot of people on the planet today that have uh, depression, anxiety, panic, and paranoia, if you put them on a heavy metal detox, it might either eliminate it completely or reduce it by a lot. But that's yeah. my humble opinion. I'm not a doctor, but I'm talking from how my body went through clear to completely depressed overnight, you know? And then when I cleansed it, went back to my myself again. So I think if we bring also... So nutrition is not only about nutrition, it's about cleansing and detoxing and all of that and eating pure and clean food. And that's where raw food usually comes in terms of its purity. And, you know, it doesn't have all the additives, the colorant and all of these things that harm our physical body. We were not supposed to ingest these things. It's incredible what goes into products and like so much we think we need and Yet it's kind of more feeding something that isn't even the right craving. You know, if it is a food, True. if it is a product, we're always being so bombarded with sensory, uh, you know, all this marketing and algorithms and all these things coming at us from outside, you know, and that even has its toxic layer as well of, of like just bombarding our, our system with all the, these thoughts, all of these projections of what is supposed to make us happy or feel beautiful. And yet, you know, working on our attunement, our alignment with something divine inside, if it is a meditation practice, if it is finding a sense of purpose and passion and working through those beliefs, there's so much that we can just feel fulfilled and have contentment instead of having to always look for these places of like this product, I need this, I need this, and always outsourcing the sense of joy. Sure. Something so big. And you know, it's probably something that has really become a big passion. I, I think I need to do some belief work on it because I kind of went a little overboard of like being so against commercialized farming and I had such a, an offense to it and all it was doing was driving my passion of wanting to do my own garden and <laughs> do my own jarring and canning and stuff and like <laughs> work with local farms and stuff. I, I'm really blessed to be really surrounded in a, a place that has really micro farming. And That's very nice. Uh, here, here I miss because I grew up uh, also, we had a big garden and my dad used to, um, 
plant a lot of the food we eat, like lettuce, tomato, cucumber, a lot came from our garden. And here I miss it so much that I installed a hydroponic wall garden. And it's a small one where I grow lettuce, basil, and mint. So today I ate my salad from my little tiny hydroponic garden. But at least it's clean. It doesn't have pesticide. It doesn't have anything. And, you know, I don't even wash them. When I cut them, I eat them. Why should I wash them from what? So yeah, being like, like you're really blessed to be able to get in touch with the earth and the dirt and the, the microbes even of the, of the soil and all of that. This is beautiful experience. Absolutely. I'm definitely going to be doing some belief work on myself around those, those, (laughs) those heavy metals because it really does have an effect and it, it really brings up that element of what exactly is an original thought how affected our thoughts are from what is in our body and what we're surrounded by and like all these messages going on and emails being sent everywhere. And like, it's actually traveling through space, (laughs) you know, like, yeah, because the, the toxicity is definitely surrounding us, let's say in the air we breathe because it's not pure anymore and pesticide, but also these emails and the stuff, some are so toxic. Social media now, of course, depends who you follow and what you listen to, but it also has a lot of elements of toxicity. So if you have toxins in your body, by law, by the law of attraction, you're going to attract the toxic social media, the toxic email, and so on. So this is why it's so important to look inwards and clear whatever's coming up so that we don't attract it in, in real life, so that life is easier and more pleasant to deal with. Yeah, absolutely love it. You know, it's, it is a constant maintenance too. you know, if it, if it is in diet or if it is in a practice of doing healing work on ourselves and working on our beliefs or working on our energy field, you know, doing some of these exercises in theta of clearing hooks and cords and like rinsing off our aura and like really cleaning our system out because we're so hit by things that could be maybe something that is often the food, maybe that is all of a sudden an image that pops up in your social media and penetrates your field. It's, it's yeah. they are one in the same. Of course. So developing these, these tools, you know, we, we all kind of need that intuitive tool belt to be able to build ourselves up, you know, your website, you have a couple different websites, but you know, awakening the masters is one for theta healing and this element of awakening, like, can you explain what awakening is? For me, uh, at least how I relate to it or how I understand it, awakening is remembering that you are one with the creator. You are part of this pure consciousness of source that you are not separate and being judged or tested, that you are part of this whole and you're just here to experience this reality or this illusion, whatever we want to call it, and just enjoy it for the sake of joy. And uh, that we are not here to suffer. We are not here to have lack. We are not here to have a broken heart and all of that. So awakening is when we realize who we really are as creators, source, love, pure energy. And um, the reason when, when I called my, uh, my business and my website many years ago, Awakening the Masters, is first to have gratitude to whomever played the role in waking me up 
to realize that I am more than just a girl from Lebanon <laughs> and limited, uh, mortal and all of those. And to play uh, that ripple effect to always wake people up and allow them to even wake me more up. Even today in classes, they're teaching me and I'm teaching them. It's never a one-way awakening. Yeah. So that was that was actually the, the reason why I call it Awakening the Masses, just to, to, to keep that gratitude energy and that triple energy so that I actually don't deviate. It's like I keep myself focused because that, the most beautiful thing is to be able to, to touch someone's heart for them to realize that the power is within, the love is within, that they're not victims, that they can create a different reality, that they can pay debts, that they can heal a broken heart you know how 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 you i don't think anything is is more beautiful than this sense of empowerment i'm uh, running right now a a series of awakening the healer within because of everything happening you know one thing that we teach in theta healing is that intuition runs two ways you know like you have all of your sensories we are these sensory beings and Sometimes it feels like everything's coming in and that that same thing of every sense, we can actually reverse the flow and project out and that yeah. there is a healer within everybody. And all of our sensitivities is a meaning that we can cultivate love inside ourselves and project that out and actually create change outside. You know, if it is feeling overwhelmed and bombarded by what's happening with a friend, a family member, a, a world event that instead of it impacting and dismantling something inside ourselves, through that same care, we can cultivate that healing and project it out to hold healing for others. And, um, you know, this is where it is so beautiful of Theta Healing. And I love how you held that of awakening the masters. And I just really want to thank you for coming on today. And um, this has been thank you. <laughs> absolutely wonderful. We are Mythic Life, free thinkers, deep feelers, courageous trailblazers. We own our myth with our vibes, how we think, feel, and act. We believe that love is a given, not something earned. That spiritual is sexy, kindness is cool, and earth is sacred. That everybody has superpowers, and life is too boring without magic. We walk our talk, and when life gets real, we heal. We choose our path, and we make it epic. And, you know, I just want to thank you so much for coming on. You truly are a Wonder Woman of wellness. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I love that on your social media. It's really fun. And, you know, for more from Maya Badran, you can check her out on her social medias. So we have the Instagram Awakening the Masters. And I have another Instagram that was recently created for intimacy and relationship. It's called Maya Badran Official. Maya Badran Official. And uh, the link for the website will be in the description below. And, you know, for more about Mythic Life, check us out for Awakening the Healer Within. You can find that at mythiclife.com. And if you really enjoyed this episode and you haven't subscribed, subscribe below. And thank you so much once again for coming on and, and sharing your beautiful work. Thank you, Eric, for even creating this opportunity for all of us to reach more souls and more friends on the planet. 
who share this consciousness that we are all connected to. Thank you so much. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. I'm so happy to do this and please send my love to Tony as well. Of course. Hopefully get to see you in Dubai sometimes. Yes. <laughs> Looking forward. <laughs>